Um, but my my bedroom is now an office. That, that, that's the most common thing for parents to do with the uh, with the extra bedroom. Yeah, office or like a craft room or something. Yeah, it's or either like, like I'm gonna paint in here. Room. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's, yeah mine's an office. It's where they do the hobby that you ruined for them for the last 20 years. They're like, wow, now that you don't live here, I've got so much time to paint. Oh my god, it's so true. Right? That's what happens to your bedroom. It becomes your parents' dream. <laughs> the dream that you ruined. Yeah, you were not the dream. I was an aspiring artist, but... Before you came Then along. I had a child, and now I'm getting back to that. <laughs> Welcome to the Rom-Com Rewind Podcast. Hi, I'm Sarah. And I'm Devin. And like you, I love rewatching movies over and over again. And if you're here, you likely love romantic comedies. We do too. We should be friends. So this is a show where we rewatch rom-coms, break them down a bit for you, maybe take a peek behind the curtain, dig beneath the surface, and decide, does it still hold up? Today we have... 13 going on 30. And this one's actually been requested a few times, most recently, just because I have it in front of me on our uh, Instagram. We got a uh, DM from Sylvia asking for one, definitely maybe, and two, 13 going on 30. So we're, we're getting this one done now. And make sure uh, you're subscribed on Apple Podcasts if that is where you're listening right now so that you're updated on new episodes. Follow on Spotify and throw us a follow on Instagram. Obviously, we read all of our messages and we try to respond to everybody. It's at Romcom so 13 Going on 30 is directed by Gary Winnick. He also made Bride Wars and Letters to Juliet. This was a massive movie back in 2004, one of the year's biggest selling uh, DVD rentals. So Blockbuster <laughs> was lit with this movie. Uh, this is the story of Jenna Rink, played by Jennifer Garner. But we, we don't see Jennifer Garner off the top. Now, this movie starts back in the year 1987 with a 13-year-old Jenna Rink. She has a, a best friend at school named Matt, who is also her next-door neighbor. He eventually is played by Mark Ruffalo. But she wants to be one of the cool girls. They're actually called the Six Chicks at their high school, and Matt is uh, not a super, super popular person at school. So there's kind of a conflict between Jenna being really close with Matt, but... She really wants to be a six chick as well. So at her 13th birthday party, through a mix of young team angstiness and a combination of some weird magic dollhouse dust. Is that yes, what happens? magic dust. She somehow teleports herself to the year 2014. So Jenna Rank goes from being 13 to being 30. And she realizes she has everything. Sorry? 2004. Oh, did I say 2004? I'll redo that. Laugh again at the dollhouse thing. <laughs> Oh no, I'm gonna do it and you <laughs> Oh my god. You just That was a really good fake laugh. Oh you want me to fake laugh now? <laughs> Oh my god, okay. I'm crying. Okay. <laughs> At her 13th birthday party, through a mix of young team angstiness in combination with some magic dollhouse dust. Yeah, magic dust. Okay. She somehow teleports herself to the year 2004. So Jenna Rink goes from being 13 to being 30. I just want to be grown up. And she woke up 17 years later. Hey, sweet Bob. Can I get off? Well, not yet. 
something really freaky is happening here. I slept in an apartment I've never seen before. There was a naked man in my shower and I saw his... She realizes she has everything she ever wanted. She has the job at the magazine Poise that she always wanted to work at. Her best friend is Lucy, who is the leader of the Six Chicks. She's dating a hockey player who plays for the New York Rangers. She has a flat in New York City. Seems pretty bougie. But she also realizes a few things. It turns out this version of Jenna Rink, not necessarily a very nice person. She realizes that coworkers are terrified of her. She's been horrible to people, involved in adulterous relationships. Never sees her parents anymore. And she's not friends with Matt anymore. And this is the story of 13-year-old Jenna Rink living in 30-year-old Jenna Rink's body, living her life, realizing she didn't really become the person she wanted to, and perhaps finding some love along the way. What did you think about this movie? I'm so happy we're doing this movie uh, <laughs> as one of the kickoffs to the new year. Happy New Year. Um, I love watching this movie every time. It makes me think back to when I was 13 and thinking that when I turned 30... I'll be a real adult. <laughs> Fast forward, I am 30, and when something happens, I still look around for an adult, and then I realize that, no, I am, in fact, the adult that around. Is the most terrifying thing. It is. I think it captures what being 13 is, and being 13 is really hard. You're in a very awkward stage at the age of 13. 100%. Um, yeah, did, did you have an awkward stage? I mean, not really. Are you sure? What? I do recall you showing me photos of you having very long hair. Oh, yeah. I had long hair back in the day. Not that there's anything wrong with that, but like just, you know, dyeing it black and then having <laughs> to cut it off because of teen rebellion. You had to bring that up, Teen didn't rebellion. You? Um, yeah. You know what? I did have a... I wouldn't call it an awkward phase. I would call it an angsty, rebellious phase with a lot of black hair dye, which, hey, don't judge me too much. <laughs> It was My Chemical Romance <laughs> and the used. It was the vibe back then. There was a lot of Billy talent in my life, okay? Oh, yeah, fair enough. That was that was like the time of MySpace. Yeah, it was. Right? Yeah, and you had that that black and white uh, grainy photo of yourself, <laughs> yes. but you could still tell that your hair was dyed black as well. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I was like that. Yeah, my thoughts are that, I mean, the star of this movie is obviously Jennifer Garner, and I know you rolled your eyes, obviously, Devin, but like it's her face on the cover. There isn't a single scene without her. And she really pulls it off, the whole, like, I'm a 13-year-old kid vibe. She does it so perfectly that I believed it the whole way. Like, when she tries to call her parents, and they're on a cruise, and she's like, you went on a cruise without me? There, there are all <laughs> these little tiny moments. Uh, like, when she writes that note for her secretary, and then she throws it at her to find, like, Matt's address. <laughs> the, like, naive 13-year-old performance really, I, I think it could have sucked because... We've seen the body swap thing yep. done so many times, like Hot Chick, Freaky Friday, mm -hmm. Change Up. It's really easy, I think, for those movies to be bad. So I think the fact that Jennifer Garner did not suck, not only that, she actually thrived and was really great in this movie. I think, I don't want that to be understated. Her performance was impeccable, in my opinion. Yeah, I agree. I think, um, I like you said, I think they've been done a few times, and I do talk about it later on, but... Um, I think she did a really good job. I think the naivety of the 13-year-old in, in a 30-year-old's body, like, she she did a phenomenal job at it. Did they just put all these, like, security cameras at high schools and watch what all these kids did? Because there were some moments that I thought, wow, that's that's great writing for a 13-year-old kid to be doing. I also dive into this later. Yeah, so it's, well, it's one of my quick facts, but um, she actually hung out with 13-year-olds. Oh, she did? Okay. <laughs> 
um, to capture to capture the essence of what a thirteen year old is and how they act and how their <laughs> their hormones and teenage angst is is really there that makes me feel so good because that's what i thought and i think you used the perfect word essence yeah there was an essence of 13 year oldness in jennifer garner in this performance and krista b allen who plays uh younger jennifer garner oh, yeah. um or jenna rink uh she was 12 13 when the movie was filmed perfect so, age yeah yeah Picture Day, love it or hate it. Yeah, so the movie kind of opens on Picture Day. I hated Picture Day. Doesn't everybody hate Picture Day? No, I loved Picture Day. What? Yes, I loved Picture Day. I got to like oh my god, do my so hair, lame. and I got to um, you know dress all nice. However, though, there is a a grade seven picture of me, so I think I'm around thirteen. Um, <laughs> my hair is poker straight, and I uh, I really wanted it curly in my pictures. So I curled it. Oh, no. And I went to school, but it rained that day. So by the time I got to school, my hair was flat. And I have the worst hair because it's like it's like a weird, like, drenched rat-looking photo. <laughs> like, my hair's kind of crimpy. The, the curl did not hold. It's, like, kind of weirdly waved. And I'm 13. Like, I didn't wear makeup yet. I just... <laughs> My my uniform was like, you know, buttoned up to the top button. Like, I was so oh, awkward. Oh, you were in a uniform school, yeah. too. Yeah. So, like, definite awkward vibes, for sure. And I will never forget that. I, I think I still have my student card. And I'm like, oh, Sarah. Sarah. No. <laughs> so awkward. <laughs> really? Do you actually have that student card? I do, yeah. I don't know if we're going to do this. We're not going to do what? it. What? No, You're already off. <laughs> you Do you know what I'm about to say? Let's post it. Yeah, no, let, let's hey, not. I'll, I'll post my um, no. jet black hair, no, my, my chemical you romance enjoy, look. You enjoy showing everybody that. I don't enjoy showing everyone <laughs> my awkward 13-year-old grade 7 photo of... Sarah tried to curl her hair, but it rained that day. If you really want to see this, why don't you fire us a DM? at Romcom Rewind to convince Sarah, hey, this would be really fun to post this. Nobody's going to be mean. Everybody's really nice on her Instagram. Oh my god. Nobody's going to be mean to you about it. Think about it. Think it over. Yeah, Fire yeah. us a DM. I'll I'll, uh, I'll think it over. We also saw Did we see the first selfie ever? So at school, Matt takes a oh, selfie yeah. with his like it's one of the old big cameras. I can't remember what they're called. I like how you're calling it an old big camera because like I had one. All those cameras are old and it has film in it. Yeah, I'm a film camera, a camera with film. So th they do a selfie and immediately I thought, is this the first selfie? Do well, you know? Paris Hilton thinks that she actually coined the selfie. So that's what I was going to say. So this oh. movie came out in 04. Yeah. <laughs> The first quote-unquote selfie was apparently Britney Spears and Paris Hilton. When did that happen? Ooh, 2003. 2002. Oh, okay. So, I mean, it takes many months for a movie to be made. Was that selfie, did, did they shoot the selfie scene before or after Paris Hilton and Britney Spears did their selfie? I also would like to bring up that I think Paris Hilton thinks she did the first selfie. I don't think she did do the first selfie. This is a Devin quick fact. I'm mowing Ooh. your lawn right now. I'm stealing quick facts from you. The first <laughs> recorded selfie was from 1839. Okay. Yeah, it was a guy taking a picture with like um, a very, very big camera in a mirror. Oh, wow. Cool. Yeah. And it was like, was he trying to figure out if he was a vampire or not? Like, hey, maybe, you know, seeing if he would not. show up. Good job. <laughs> You're not a vampire. <laughs> and 1839, he was probably like, thank God. Oh, oh my God. 
So I think the actors and actresses that they found to play um, their younger selves was fantastic. I didn't, however, find that younger Maddie looked like Mark Ruffalo. Um, no, I would agree with that. But I guess you can't, you know, you can't like get everybody perfect. Maybe he was a late bloomer, not overly cute in middle high school, but then got real hot when he got older. I read that he actually had to like wear baggier clothes um, than normal. Some Why? things that I read also said that he had to wear a fat suit. Oh, yeah, poor kid. I know. <laughs> I don't. <laughs> yeah. So. Why did I, they need to go over the top <laughs> Why with did they being... need to make him real awkward? Yeah. I don't know. We want the most loserish kid. Like, we've got a great actor, but he's got to be fatter. Let's put a fat suit. Yeah, like, that's like, horrible. Why, like, I think 13's <laughs> awkward enough. Like, why do, you yeah. need, why do you need to make him, you know, Let's wear make that a fat kid suit. chubbier. But yeah, like, Mark Ruffalo is really good looking, so. I mean, he's okay. What? No. He, he's all right. What do you mean really good looking? Well, I think he's really cute. He's not like Ryan Reynolds level. He's not Ryan Gosling. No, he's not Ryan Gosling. He's not Jude Law. I mean, I think he's really good looking. Really? Yeah, I do. I think he's cute. Is it the nerdiness? Maybe. It's kind of like the awkward dorkiness, hey? He's got some gray in his beard nowadays, which isn't bad either. Oh, is that a good thing? I'm. It's it's neither here nor there. It's there, so. (laughs) (laughs) Like, I'll take it. (laughs) If it's on Mark Ruffalo's face, I'll take it. Hey. Um, did you have a group of popular people? Well, I think every high school had a group of popular people. Mm-hmm. But in this movie, like you said, they're called the Six Chicks. Um, we never had a group of girls who was named, like, who named their groups. Like, that was that was funny that they had to name their group the Six Chicks. And, like, Maddie points it out. You can't have seven. Right. So they seven. actually kicked somebody out when Jenna went in. <laughs> That's pretty funny. And it was Brie Larson. I like how it's like, Br- wait, Brie Larson was in this? Yeah, is that a quick fact? It was. Brie Larson was in yeah. this? She was one of the six chicks in the original storyline. And then when, like, in the alternate universe. Um, she got kicked out of the six chicks? Yes. No. Mm-hmm. That's wild. Yep. So she has her 13th birthday um, and invites the the six chicks and the cool kids. Do you remember how that, that day opens, though? It's Jenna's dad walking in with this massive camera. Yes. Hey, hey sweetie. Birthday. Tell us about your new life as a teenager, Jenna. What did you do? Are uh, you wearing a bra? Go away. It's the camcorder. Yeah. yeah. I, hey, I love that little nugget from the past because... <laughs> I think did did your parents have like an absurdly large camcorder of some kind? So we actually never had a camcorder and what? growing up I always wanted one because I would go to friends houses and they would show me videos of like family things and I was just like well, like I was so excited to watch them because they were so funny like the stupid shit that would happen. I do find it funny that like I wish we could go back into the 80s and tell a few of these, you know, a few of these dads like hey man that big ass twenty pound thing you have slung over your shoulder—it's going to be replaced by the phone in my pocket pretty soon. <laughs> yeah. Better picture quality too. You'd be surprised. Oh yeah, <laughs> the fact that we have like these little phones that are a hundred times better picture picture quality than what they had—that was like ten times bigger. Okay, so she has her thirteenth birthday, like I said, um, and of course. Uh, with the cool kids, Maddie also comes. Um, she so terribly wants to be popular and doesn't know what she has in front of her, i.e. Maddie. Like, I wish at 13 I could channel, like, the girl version of Matt and not worry about all of the pressures of being 13. Yeah, there's so much pressure of being 13, but yet when you look back, you're like, none of that mattered. Exactly. Yeah. None of it mattered. Um, and I love how Maddie was just himself. We always want what we can't have, right? Like in that moment, Jenna wanted to so be popular, but in reality, what she really needed was Maddie 
and to go that route. Well, she had a, a, a great friend. Yeah, she did. she gave it all up for shittier friends. Yeah, and you always want what you can't have, right? The grass Mm -hmm. is always greener. Um, So back to my poker straight hair. (laughs) I wanted curly hair, and so I got a perm in high school. Because clearly the grade 7 curling for picture day didn't work out for Sarah. So I went and got a perm in high school. You got a perm. (laughs) I did. (laughs) Is there photo evidence of the perm There is photo evidence, but um, I asked my hairdresser to do like a loose beachy curl. So it was pretty... It was pretty it's not tame like it wasn't like ringlets okay it's yeah. not yeah. it wasn't like shirley temple style <laughs> the only way that jenna can be popular to the kids is by doing a group project for them that was the only way the six chicks and the cool kids came to her birthday party obviously she agrees to it so i told chris grandy me and the six chicks were going to your party tonight and he said he wanted to come with really yeah it's too bad we can't make it because we really wanted to didn't we girls we totally did so so we're much so sorry Yeah, Miss Measley's totally up our butts with this group project proposal. And Chris is going to come over and help us out. So I guess he can't come either. I could write your report for you. Fabulous. Fast forward to the party. They're there. Jenna goes into the closet for seven minutes in heaven, thinking that one of the popular guys who she loves is going to be coming in. And um, when she comes out, everyone left with their with their group project. Yeah. Except for Maddie. And Maddie actually genuinely likes her. Yeah. And she pushes him away. Did you ever play Seven Minutes in Heaven? Yep. You did? I didn't. You didn't? No, I didn't What about so. uh, Spin the Bottle? No, I don't think so. God. What happened to you in high school? <laughs> okay, so I always wonder in these types of movies how their lives in the alternate universe played out and like this is one movie that you actually get to see it like jenna in fact did live her life in the alternate universe of her being 30 because she she didn't talk to maddie after her 13th birthday in a lot of the movies they don't live their life like in freaky friday for example um you don't see you don't know that there was a history that happened before jamie lee curtis and Lindsay lohan switched places right? right and i think in a lot of those movies like you don't know like I don't know if that makes any sense but like when she wakes up and she's 30 she has no recollection of growing up but everyone else around her does and she gets these little pieces throughout the movie from Maddie being like we weren't we are not friends like you literally told me that I was a loser goodbye you went on to being everything you wanted they remember all the last 17 years except for Jenna um, which was which I thought was like a nice spin to the story though because you don't often see that in any other like switch movie you actually in this movie get to kind of see what what happens in both yes yes because then we see Maddie and Jenna getting married yeah spoiler alert spoiler alert (laughs) they get married (laughs) They end up together. Yeah. <laughs> After the party, she gets sprinkled with the dust. Um, <laughs> Get a little sprinkle of dust in here. Sprinkle of dust. When she does wake up and she's 30, she has everything that she wished for. She's 30, flirty, and thriving. Um, she's, like you said, an editor at her favorite magazine. She has her best friend, Lucy. She finds out from Maddie, who she hasn't spoke to since her 13th birthday, uh, that she was popular, the prom queen, the leader of the six chicks. Uh, sorry, Brie Larson. And she does find out throughout the movie that she is in fact a very horrible person yeah you know what i love the moment right after the switch because we're seeing jennifer garner now there's a fun drinking game the drinking game is i think her boyfriend's name is alex carlson you drink every time alex carlson calls her sweet bottom oh my god she does he does say that a lot eh? four times <laughs> in a span of like two and a half minutes once is too much and actually i think we could play a game Ooh, okay 
Rank the least sexiest relationship pet names. The least. Okay. I'm going to throw a few at you. Mm-hmm. Pumpkin. I mean... Hey, Pumpkin. Pumpkins mm, are not good it. looking. Like, I don't know if that's a compliment. <laughs> it shouldn't be a compliment. Like, a round bottom. Like, what are you, what are you, com- like, what are you trying to compliment? Oh, are you p- comparing them to their, the, like, their butts or pumpkins? Or they're, that's rude. like, well, that's my point. Yeah. It's not great. It's Peaches. not endearing. Yeah. Snookums. Okay, snookums. Sweet cheeks. Sweet cheeks. Again. Oh, you like that one. I don't, well. Sarah likes sweet okay, cheeks. Okay, I don't okay. think it's the worst yet. Puddin. I don't like puddin. Muffin. Again, food. No. Baby cake. Yeah, there's a lot of food there's things. Of honey food. buns, baby cakes. Oh, honey buns is all right. What? I hate that one the most. Oh, you do hate honey yeah, buns. Yeah, honey most. buns is puddin gross. Puddin is not mm, Puddin, if you're not like a... Like, what are you, a grandma calling your significant other puddin? <laughs> hey there, puddin. No. <laughs> Sweet bottom. Where does it? Where does it fall? Is it top three worst? Sweet bottom is yeah. just kind of strange. I think sweet bottom... Yeah, it's not nah, top three worst. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. So she has some weird interactions on her first day uh, with her workplace, the coworkers. Yeah. Her best friend, Lucy, where she's just like, what is wrong with you? Uh, her outfits are a bit out there. And that also leads into the dress up montage. Woo-hoo, where she has like a wall full of like shoes and clothes. And then she pulls out the thong. And it's funny because like, did they have thongs in the 80s? Because like, her i mean she was also 13 so why was she wearing a thong i was gonna say i don't think they had we're gonna sound really lame right now did they have thongs well, i don't know the if 80s? they did i, I feel don't like think only they did though adults did because like so well yeah regardless she doesn't know what it looks she doesn't like. know yeah. what it is mm-hmm. i'm wondering if they monitored uh like 10th graders or 9th graders because 30 year old jenna rank like you're talking about her moments with her coworkers. The fact that they're in a work meeting in like a really nice boardroom, Andy Circus, the boss, is like tearing a magazine <laughs> in shreds, and Jenna Rink sits down, and yes. what does she do? Yes. She writes her name at the top right corner of the sheet yeah. that she's taking notes on. Uh, there are like little mini-isms. See- I thought you were going to talk about her putting the fruit roll up on her finger. Oh, that's later. Yes, that's that's like near the end of the movie. Yeah, yeah, getting getting the th- fruit roll up wrapped around her thumb and then eating it off of the thumb. Actually, Classic. do you remember when the body switch happens? The first words that Jenna Rink says. No, she yells for her mom. She's like, "Mom!" <laughs> oh, yeah, that's right. I thought. I mean, I know we already talked about it. How Jennifer Garner sat down with with a bunch of thirteen year olds yeah. for this role, but. Man, like especially those first few scenes at her workplace, so comical. She does have her best post new 30 interaction though with her neighbor Becky in the elevator <laughs> because she is in fact 13 and can relate to her. The yeah, that that was a funny scene where she's like I like your bag. Yeah. And Becky's like I like your shoes. <laughs> and she's like can you tell that I'm wearing underwear right now <laughs> from the dress. She's like I think that's the point. Yeah. <laughs> that was funny. <laughs> We get to uh, the magazine party. So they're oh throwing this God. big party at this, I don't even know, like this hall, and which is quite the party, uh, but no one's dancing. Again, 2000s fashion is in full swing. She realizes now that she is of age and can drink. Do you think like that's her first time being drunk? So would it be 13-year-old Jenna's tolerance or alternate universe 30-year-old Jenna's tolerance? So it would definitely be okay. Here's how the algorithm works out. Okay. All right. 30-year-old uh, Jenna. Yeah. That's her tolerance, right? Because it's in her body. 
Okay. So the body has built up a bunch of tolerance. With that said, the 13-year-old mind right. probably hates the alcohol. Like, if she did a shot of vodka, she'd be like, oh, yeah. but, but her body would handle it, though. Right. Okay, okay. Because I, I her mind is that. not used to the taste. Yeah, because I was confused. I was like, okay, is this her first drink? Like, imagine being drunk, your first time drunk at a work social. Yeah, it is her first uh, drink, but she, yeah, the body has tolerance. Interesting. Because it seemed like Jenna Rink, 30-year-old Jenna Rink, went pretty hard, it seems. Well, yeah, she was drinking those pina coladas quite... Uh, quite a lot but i mean like all of the uh all the comments about how like oh were you at like a nightclub promoting our magazine or what like it seemed like she lived a fun life so at the party i really like the part at the party when the same poor guy gets hit with the end of the shrimp so i don't do you remember i have no idea what you're talking about okay so he gets hit with shrimp yeah so jenna walks into the party who hits him with shrimp she jenna walks in and she grabs from one of the waiters a shrimp from a shrimp cocktail she eats it and she takes it and she throws it over her shoulder. It hits this guy in the background and he's just like so confused. He's like, what was that? Oh my God. Later on, fast forward, she's just been downing these pina coladas. She takes the straw out of the drink, sucks the rest of it out, throws the straw over the balcony and it hits the same poor <laughs> guy. This, I totally missed that. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Like these little pieces of writing in the movie kept things li- like really light and funny and I thought they were just like really nice little little spots in the movie that were that were good. I actually think I, I, I have a good reason for missing that and actually I, I can't be alone with what I'm about to say. Please. Okay. You, listening, you have to be on my team here. I realized watching this movie that I have watched exactly the first 38 minutes of this movie maybe 100 times. 38 minutes exactly. Why? Because I paused the movie at the start of the thriller dance scene, and I can never get over how uncomfortable it is. Oh, my God. The, so, honestly, <laughs> I, I've watched this movie like maybe half a dozen times, but I've watched the first 38 minutes a hundred times and once we get to that scene I'm like mm, this is uncomfortable and I no. I can't I, I need to walk away or why something. do you have a secondhand embarrassment yes and the yeah. thing is it's such an iconic scene but genuinely I, I, I can't get through it also who knew the power of thriller like it can not only save what a party because everybody's <laughs> dancing afterwards it can save a party clearly uh, apparently it can almost also save a business Yes, I yes it can. Because because her boss Andy Circus was like, we need this party to go well, or else the business is over. It's like, well, well, how bad is your magazine yeah, going yeah. that it all hinges on this party <laughs> that was hinging on Thriller being a great dance offer? Yeah, it's true. And who also invited the editor in chief from Sparkle Magazine, their competitor? Yeah, she like, just why shows is she up there. It's rude. So ridiculous. We find out that her boyfriend, like you said earlier, is in New York Rangers, and what's his name again? Alex Carlson. It's such a small part of the movie that I kind of didn't even catch his name. It's also an extremely apt name because I think there are, I kid you not, like four guys named Carlson in the NHL oh, right I now. I think you're right. Yeah. Well, it's it's a Swedish name. So a lot, there are, I think, two Swedes named Carlson. Right. And then there's an American named Carlson. And I'm sure I'm missing a Carlson somewhere. <laughs> so. about one with a K or one with a C. Yeah, oh. exactly. Exactly. Um, so of course she wouldn't know who he is, um, when in fact she is dating him, but, um, just that he has a cute ass cause everybody keeps saying, Oh, you're dating the NHL player with a cute ass. Uh, she goes back to her boyfriend's apartment to play battleship <laughs> and poor Jenna, poor Jenna, not catching onto the drift that really like, they're not going to play board games. He, I feel like they could have <laughs> picked a more punny board game like operation or something oh that would have been a good one too although the battleship one is kind of funny yeah does it mean that he's a big dick uh see i, I would think operation because it's like i'm gonna 
poke um you when you're naked i don't know it's well, been a while since i've played he, operation but. he does he does do a nice uh strip tease for her he does okay can i ask you a question though okay because here in Canada, we are a, a small country, but we produce a, a shockingly high number of two things. Yes. Pop music stars, Shawn Mendes, Bieber, Drake, The Weeknd, Alessia Cara, Avril Lavigne, many, many others. <laughs> we also produce a bizarre amount of hockey Jay players. Beebs. Don't forget Justin Bieber. Oh, did I skip? No, I said Justin Bieber. Oh, okay, good. Yeah. Um, we also produce so many hockey players. And I felt the moment where Matt meets yes. Alex Carlson was a very like quintessential oh my god that's how ho- that's a hockey bro when he's like hey like you guys want an autograph like i won't sign butts and then he's like i'm sorry man i'm just so so psyched when when we get a game you know it's like this is a hockey player yes quintessentially it is like the essence of the hockey bro good job alex carlson or yeah whoever, and i mean he's got a big out. butt or a nice butt that's because a, he's a hockey player. That's also a quintessential yeah, hockey bu- hockey is. guy thing. Yeah. There was actually an article not long ago about how um, hockey players need specially made jeans. I'm not Stop. even kidding. There was like this New York Times editor who went no. with like five or six hockey players to go pants shopping <laughs> and how they genuinely couldn't fit into all these different types of pants. Oh my gosh, that's funny. I wonder if there's like... Because their glutes are so big. Yeah, they're huge. <laughs> have you dated any hockey players i know you went to high school with a guy who's in the nhl we won't say a name yeah um i think i've dated a few hockey bros like i i think but not really if you've ever seen letter kenny they also oh capture the essence God. of a hockey bro a hundred percent too you ready so. for a donnybrook bro just gonna get some pucks deep and uh, you know get in there, get in there and hit the boards hard, okay? <laughs> yeah, like, like it's yeah, definitely. They're all the same. <laughs> <laughs> They're similar, yeah. <laughs> so a big part of this later half of the movie is that they have to rebrand the magazine because the competition Sparkle keeps getting their ideas and publishing a better version of it. Um, do we smell a rat? <laughs> I think there's a rat. Smells like a rat in here. Anyway, Jenna finds out that Tom Tom or Lucy is still the same crappy person that she was when they were 13. Like anything changed. Yeah. Uh, and she's doing something on on the side for her own editor in chief uh, and will basically watch Jenna sink. Uh, Jenna overhears this, ditches and goes back to her parents' home, uh, which is really still her home because in fact she's still 13 like it's in her weird... mind it's still her home yeah, yeah. she goes um, back for a good cry back at her parents she house. does in the closet where yeah. everything changed and uh nothing in fact at the house has changed the decor including the wallpaper is still the exact same mm-hmm. uh the only thing that really kind of moved was her room did your parents repurpose your bedroom when you moved out yeah i mean they took a lot of my stuff out of it Except, you know what's really embarrassing? They left a lot of the posters on the wall. <laughs> so it was like, I'd go home and I'm like, oh, so my dresser's gone, my bed's gone, all this stuff is gone, but there's like an 04 poster of Lindsay Lohan on the wall. <laughs> oh, I think there was. You're right. Yeah. There was. It was like hockey players, Lindsay Lohan. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm like, you couldn't get rid of this, guys? Like, this is the most embarrassing thing in my room. I had a, uh, I had a poster of Orlando Bloom on my on my wall oh yeah from pirates of the caribbean that hey that's a good one (laughs) that's a really good one um but my my bedroom is now an office that's the most common thing for parents to do with the uh with the extra bedroom yeah office or like a craft room or something yeah it's either like like, i'm gonna paint in here yeah 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 Yeah, mine's an office it's where they do the hobby that 
you ruined for them for the last 20 years. They're like, wow, now that you don't live here, I've got so much time to paint. Oh, my God. It's so true. <laughs> right? That's what happens to your bedroom. It becomes your parents' dream. <laughs> the dream that you ruined. Yeah, you were not the dream. <laughs> I was an aspiring artist, but... Before you came then along. Then I had a child, and now I'm getting back to that. <laughs> Uh, so Jenna figures out how she wants to tackle the rebranding and hires Maddie to help her uh, since he actually ended up continuing with photography and became a professional photographer. I loved that part. Peak mid-2000s where you're talking about the photo montage. Okay, so that is my favorite scene. Where okay, so Oh my can... God, is it my best scene too? Let me scroll, let me scroll. I kind of forgot. Ah! Yes, it is. I have another best scene, though, too. Do we have the same best scene again? I totally thought you were going to pick a better, like, a different best scene. Okay, so. wait, wait, wait. If you can tell me the song that's playing <gasps> in that scene, you get that best scene. I'll, I'll concede it to you. Oh, you're singing it. No, no, no. Sing it, sing it, sing it. Isn't it? It's like, get a load of me. No, I can't well, Get a load. <laughs> Is it get a load of me? Take a load off Annie. No, no it's okay. <laughs> it's, uh. I thought you had it at the beginning. Like, I hardly know you. Yeah, that's what the song is. I can't remember what the song is called, though. I don't think you have it. Okay, well, what is it? Okay, we'll talk about it later. Yeah, yeah, okay. 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 I think I won, though. So when Lucy presents her presentation back to the rebranding, yes. um, it's terrible. A terrible design, a terrible name. Heroin chic is awful. It is never good. That was never a good thing then, never a good thing now. Wait, did she call it heroin chic? Yes. It's, oh, my God. It was the bad 80s <laughs> and not something not something to joke about to I begin with. I forgot that it was called that. Oh, it was well, awful. That she called it that. Excuse like, me. as it's happening, I was like, oh, my God, this was, like, the bad part of the 80s. And I was like, no, it's a terrible name. Like, there's no jokes about that. So we all want to know who the mole is. Turns out uh, it's Jenna. Dun, dun, dun. It is Jenna. I guess the old Jenna, the terrible Jenna who... Mean um, Jenna. Yeah. Yes. Lucy finds out all of the letters. Who sends letters in yeah. 2004? Why not send an email? Also, why would you leave the evidence in your office desk? Yeah. I mean, Lucy's a shitty person. She's looking for something. Like this whole part, I was like, oh, I hate this part. I hate the part where everything just crumbles. But like, it's different than most romantic comedies where you find out the pro that the protagonist is actually the bad guy. Yeah. In a lot of different ways. Jenna has been giving Sparkle Magazine all of the information to beat Poise Magazine, and she was going to become editor-in-chief at Sparkle Magazine. So Lucy, the shitty person that she is, she steals Jenna's most recent presentation and designs, gets Maddie to sign his photographs off, leaves Poise to go over to Sparkle, and uses everything in the new issue. I was so pissed. <laughs> I was You're so upset. mad. I was. I was like, no. And I mean, I knew it was coming, but still. I think that moment, the, there was something very poignant about the fact that like 13-year-old Jenna Rank wanted to be the editor-in-chief at poise so so badly and then when she jumps into 30 year old jenna's body she realizes like oh my god i have the job of my dreams but like obviously the path that led her to get there i don't know it had soured her soul so much yeah that she actually didn't want that job anyways well did did her sour like did the sour soul begin at her 13th birthday yeah ex exactly the souring of her soul in the end, um, this 30-year-old Jenna is not all it's cracked up to be, is what she figures out. She doesn't have any real friends, doesn't talk to her parents, is a pretty crappy person, loses the love of her life, Maddie, because he is in fact engaged to somebody else to get married. Yeah. And her job doesn't seem to be working out quite well. No, exactly. Quick facts. Quick facts. Let's do it. 
So Jennifer Garner was directly offered the lead role shortly after she won the Golden Globe for her role in Alias in 2002. Krista B. Allen uh, was cast as young Jenna because she looked so much like Jennifer Garner did as a teenager. Uh, Krista also went on to play Garner's younger self again in the movie Ghosts of Girlfriends Past in 2009. Oh, so cool. She was great. She was. She was really, really good. So again, Krista B. Allen said that the most embarrassing scene to film was the one where she had to fill her bra with tissues. That's hilarious. Yes. In real life, Jennifer Garner and Judy Greer are friends. Oh, I believe that. Yeah. They, they seem to have, uh, like, aside from these two characters, a they have, chem- like, a similar kind of vibe. Yeah, and they've, I feel like they have good chemistry. Yeah. Uh, the Six Chicks group uh, had some serious star power in it. Uh, Ashley Benson went on to play her role in the successful TV series Pretty Little Liars. Oh, whoa! Yes. Yeah. Like I said, Academy Award winner Brie Larson was in the Six Chicks before Jenna kicked her out. That's funny. Yeah. Wow. The thriller scene ended up being a little bit controversial. Mark Ruffalo almost didn't take the role of Maddie because of this scene. Why? He said in a 2004 interview with Black Film that the dancing was horrible, that he couldn't get up to do those scenes. Like, he just did not want to do it. He had hours of dancing with a dance coach, but he still didn't want to do the scene. So when Jennifer literally is dragging him onto the uh, dance floor. He, it's accurate. He literally was dragging, like being dragged. <laughs> I don't want to do this. That's fair though. Yeah. Like if I'm a really great actor and they're like, can you do a dance sequence to Thriller? Yeah, like I'm, I'm like, not no. a good, I am not a good dancer. No, I don't want to do that. I, Just let me act. Yes, I would hate to do that. We used to have to do mandatory dance class uh, when I was doing gymnastics and <laughs> um, I was always put at the back because I was really bad. Oh, no, you're one of those where you're like, could you just stand behind the curtain there? Could you dance behind the curtain so nobody can see you? I wish I could have danced (laughs) behind the curtain. I hated it. Um, Many actors in this film have since gone on to play in uh, many Marvel movies. Well, Brie Larson. So I'll run through them. Jennifer Garner plays Elektra. Oh, that doesn't really count. Well, it's a Marvel movie Ah. uh, because she played in two of them, actually, as Elektra. God. Well, she played, she was Elektra in Daredevil, I thought. She was Elektra in Daredevil, but she also had her own movie. Elektra, yeah. Uh, Mark Ruffalo obviously plays the Hulk. Hey, that's a good movie. Brie Larson is Captain Marvel. That's another good movie. Judy Greer is an Ant-Man as Maggie Lang. Oh my Mm -hmm. God. Whoa, what a good get, Sarah. Yes. And finally, Andy Serkis was in Avengers Age of Ultron. We're going to talk a lot about um, Andy Serkis. Yes, he was also in Black Panther. Do you know what? Can I I do my Andy Serkis thing right now? Sure. You know what? Actually, this is another Devin Quick fact. Maybe I'm ruining this for you. Do you have anything else about Andy Serkis? No, you're good. Okay. Andy Serkis is uh, the boss. Both in real life, in like a figurative sense, but also he he is the boss of Poise Magazine in this movie. And he is spectacular. And I think we need to note the significance of the timeline. Do you know who else Andy Serkis would have been playing around the time when this movie came out? Was would he, So I can't completely remember, but he, he played Gollum, right? Gollum and or Schmeagol from Lord of the Rings. So the last Lord of the Rings movie came out in December of 2003. 13 oh. going on 30 comes out four months later in April of 2004. He is not my honorable mention, but I think he deserves to be mentioned. Very cool. Because Andy Serkis, I think, is like one of the all-time greatest, like, method. You have a really weird role. He's your guy. I wish he did more stuff like this. I'm going to dive into that a little bit later on. But, like, we just need more, like, uh, strange, eccentric characters from Andy Serkis that isn't, like, 
Gollum. You're the bad guy in a Marvel movie. <laughs> yeah. Or like you're the bad guy in like a, in a right. fantasy thing or a sci-fi thing. Or like you're out in space and here's Andy Serkis and he's, he's angry about stuff, you know? Anyway, keep going. There is a deleted scene where Jenna goes to see a doctor at Maddie's request to figure out why she's acting the way she is. During the appointment, the doctor says obviously that there's nothing wrong and compliments her tattoo. I guess she freaks out that she has in fact a tattoo. Oh, that's funny. Mm-hmm. But it was cut. Oh, that's really funny. Why was that cut? I don't know. You convinced me just now talking about it. I know. Judy Greer never saw the similarities between her younger self who played her, um, Alexander Kyle, and herself. She was like, that kid doesn't look like me. Even though every single other person believed that it was great casting because they thought they looked so much alike. They do look so much alike, Judy. I'm sorry. I disagree with you. Yeah, even Greer's mom said, like, told her um, that she was blown away by how much the actress looked like her daughter. Uh, in the movie, Judy Greer improvised a lot of her lines. They actually thought she was a comedic genius. Well, I think she is. Um, <laughs> but a lot of times they'd run through scenes and then they'd look to Judy and say like, okay, what was, was that funny? Could it be funnier? Like, what could we add? So they'd like reach out to her or they'd direct the jokes to her a lot to see how she's like the director of comedy for this movie. (laughs) Was that funny, Judy? Yeah. She didn't like that one. She didn't like we got to take out the tattoo scene. Judy didn't like it. She also didn't see herself as the villain in this movie. Judy Greer is so strange in this movie. (laughs) That kid doesn't look like me. Everybody's like, it definitely looks like you. Like, so I'm the good guy, right? No, you're definitely the bad guy. (laughs) But also, could you just let us know when things are funny and not funny? Thanks. So the movie almost decided not to cast the actors uh, to play the younger versions of themselves. They almost asked the actors themselves, so like Judy Greer and Jennifer Gardner and Mark Ruffalo, to play their younger selves. No, that wouldn't have worked. Thank God they decided against it because I don't think that would have worked very well. No. You know, I think about Just Friends. They did that with Just Friends where Ryan Reynolds plays high school Ryan Reynolds. Grade 12 high school, right? Senior. I, I was going to say, it's th- they pulled it off a little bit better because of that. Yeah, whereas like asking, you know somebody who's an adult to play a 13 year old that's like a little too too far-fetched yeah it's too far yeah the movie was shot in new york city uh all around the city in different places including uh central park and a lot of the time there were hundreds of tourists watching them film oh that's fun yeah so it was really really busy while they were filming in the closet in jenna's parents basement there are real pictures uh, on the back of the door of jennifer garner when she's a kid really yeah wow so keep an eye out for that when you're watching it in the movie, you realize uh, that when Jenna turns 30, it's exactly 13 minutes into the movie. Whoa. I'm surprised you didn't catch that because you're pretty good at catching at like certain points in the movie of like time frames. Yeah. Wow. Good mm-hmm. job. Yeah. I did not notice that. On Jenna's 13th birthday, there's a framed picture of Madonna on her table. And in her 30-year-old self, she has the same photo, but this time it's signed by Madonna. That's right. She thought it was so cool. She's like, I'm friends with Madonna. I'm friends with Madonna. Oh, my God. The sleepover scene almost didn't happen. Wow. Why uh, not? That was... So the director felt it took away from the Jenna and Maddie love story part of the movie, but later admitted that it was one of the best scenes in the movie. Yeah. It's my honorable mention. Not quite best scene, but close. <laughs> Rick Springfield attended the premiere as a way of thanking the producers for playing one of his songs in the movie. Oh, Rick. That's adorable. <laughs> the dress that Jenna wears on the cover of the DVD, the polka dotted one was never in the film. So there's there's a right. few poster versions of the of the movie. Um, there's the one with her like s- slip dress. That one, obviously, she wears when she wakes up. But there's another version of the poster where she's wearing a polka dot, like, colorful dress that is not in the movie. 
During the conference scene, uh, young Felicity Jones appears on several covers of Poison Sparkle behind Andy Serkis. Oh, wow. When they're comparing... When they're comparing all of the versions of like the last six or nine months, all of the magazines having the same person. One of them is young Felicity Jones. Uh, the magazine was going to be called Sizzle before they landed on the, the name Poise. Sizzle. Thank God. Because then it would be Sizzle and Sparkle. Don't love that. Yeah, no. 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 Thank God they, they chose Poise. When Jenna first gets to Poise as the 30-year-old, her assistant says that Eminem is on the phone and needs a decision. She yells out saying, plane, peanut, plane, thinking her assistant is actually talking about oh the candy. Oh my God, that's funny. Candy M&Ms. She wouldn't know who the rapper Eminem is yet. That's so, wow. I didn't even notice that. I thought she was just randomly yelling words. Well, she does, like I did catch, you know, plane, peanut, plane. And I was like, why is she saying peanut? But yeah. it is in fact because Eminem is on the phone, that's not the funny. candy. Best scene. Well, this is a struggle because we both have the same best scene. I have another best scene. Okay, so my best scene, and also Sarah's other best scene, <laughs> is when Jenna Rink hires Matt to be the photographer for her project with Poise. Um, we have our classic romantic comedy montage yes. moment where it's the two of them going from photo shoot set to photo shoot set. So but cute. it's the the thing that gives it a little bit of spice, a little bit of flavor is what I was talking about before. It's the song... Why Can't I by Liz Fair blaring in the background. It's like peak mid-2000s. We have this female vocalist, pop, punky, um, really to hammer home. Like, hey, this moment right here, we want you to feel things right now. And hey, mission accomplished. I actually, I felt things. I kind of, I teared up. So I, I did rewatch that scene. I didn't tear up, but I, it just felt so nostalgic and 100%. good. And, mm, tastes good like chicken noodle soup. Tastes so good. It's good for your soul. It is good for your soul. <laughs> yeah. Get a load of me. Get a load of you walking down the street and I hardly know you. That's the first line of the move, of the, the song. Oh, really? Yes. I was singing it. Oh. <laughs> God. You, I, I was not looking well. for chorus. Yeah, I know was it wasn't good. It well. Even just now, you didn't sing it well. I still didn't know what oh. you were talking about. <laughs> I just thought you were saying words. No. <laughs> okay, so my best scene was that I loved it. It's literally my favorite part of the movie. Um, it's just really, really cute. You can kind of tell that they're starting to really like vibe together. They're falling for each other. I just loved it. The other scene that I really liked is, in fact, the thriller scene. Oh God, when it's I so think uncomfortable. Of this movie, no, I don't. Don't get I me wrong. I think of this scene. It is the most iconic scene. Like everybody knows that scene from this movie. One hundred percent. Like I said, I'm not a good dancer, but I have always wanted to learn this dance since the movie came out. <laughs> they're really good at dancing. Like they're really good at the dance. You even get the moonwalk in there. Yeah. Oh, yeah. They do a little moonwalk. Andy Circus does the moonwalk at the end. I, oh, man. Andy Circus. Yeah. Saves it. Honorable mentions. Not only did we see a glimpse of life from 1987 to 2004, but we saw a taste of 2020 or 2021 in some of those 2004 scenes. What I'm talking about is. The moment near the end after Jenna Rink and Matt, they've been hanging out, and then Jenna is with that group of 13-year-old girls. She's telling them this tale <laughs> of love, and one girl says, nobody will love me. I'm a brace face. Mm. What does Jenna do? 
Doesn't she start singing? She starts quoting the lyrics to Pat Benatar's <laughs> yeah. 1983 hit, Love is a Battlefield. Great song. She says, hey, we are young. What is that attitude? We are young. Heartache to heartache we stand. Love is a battlefield. And then the girls are so awe-inspired <laughs> by are. such poignant words. And she's just quoting this song. And then they play the song, and it's all fun, and they're dancing they around. And it kind of reminded me of how, like, you know, one day we were all just minding our own business. And this guy on TikTok goes skateboarding down the street with a, a bottle of Crystal Light. And no, it's some... not Crystal Light. It's um, Ocean Spray Cranberry oh, Juice. That's right. It's uh, He's skateboarding with a huge bottle of Ocean Spray with some Fleetwood Mac, and collectively, seemingly, an entire generation said, whoa, hold on, what's this Fleetwood Mac stuff? This is awesome. And the rest of us are like, yeah, it's awesome. They're like, How, yeah, have you heard about dreams? And we're like, yeah, oh my we, God. we yeah. know what dreams are. And they're like, welcome. rumors. Welcome, guys. Yeah, yeah, and you're like, welcome. I, it kind of felt like like that moment with her quoting Pat Benatar to these 13-year-olds kind of felt the same as this guy like playing Fleetwood Mac and all these kids being like, Ooh, Fleetwood Mac's amazing. And we're yeah. all like, yeah. That is a really good they comparison. They are amazing. Yeah, they we are know. in fact fantastic. <laughs> I just thought it was funny. It felt very TikTok-y to me. Yes. Okay, so my, my honorable mention is also kind of like a flashback. But, okay, so I think they did a great job capturing the essence of the 80s and the early 2000s. Okay. They did a great job with, you know, the hair of the 80s, the clothes, the big camcorder, the music, you know, the cassette tapes, uh, the wallpaper. Oh, my God. Like, you know, that terrible rose, dusty rose color and that weird green. Oh, yeah. It was fantastic. For the 2000s, they did the same. It was so great. The clothes, the low-rise jeans, the thongs hanging out, the super straight hair with the guys with spiky and frosted tips, um, you know, the dress shirts with the button buttons down the front with like just the top two buttons undone uh a music frizzle of chest yeah. hair in there maybe uh music was on point um uh, you know her outfits i said you know before they were a little out there but my question like i guess looking back it was in 2004 were these styles in in fact in 2004 like I'm are looking you kidding so i'm <laughs> i'm looking back now being like oh my god the outfits are a lot they're not in style but were they in style then? Yes. Yes, they were. Probably my biggest question of the movie is that it's it's the chopsticks in the hair. Right. I remember saying to myself in 2004, oh, those are cool. Mm -hmm. I really want those in my hair. The easiest way to play this game is to think about who were the biggest artists in the early 2000s and just look at what they were doing. Because if you look at any photo shoot of NSYNC or the Backstreet Boys, you're probably going to see all of those things that you mentioned. Well, and you know what's funny is like I was thinking about it as I was as I was doing this, as I was writing all of this to, and putting it together and saying, oh, my God, this was when Britney Spears and Justin Timberlake were dating or shortly thereafter. The denim tuxedo. The, denim tuxedo. the, the Canadian tuxedo. Excuse yes. me. Yes. Yes. Oh, my God. What should have been? We both have one for like like Lucy. Judy Greer is yeah. the only person who really didn't end up with somebody who yeah. we think could end up with somebody. Mm -hmm. uh, I'll go first because I've, I've got something else for uh, uh, what should have been. Okay. Judy Greer, a.k.a. Lucy should have ended up with Antonio from The Princess Switch switched again. Oh. Remember he the tries bad guy. he tries to steal the throne from one of the Vanessa Hudgenses. I can't really <laughs> one remember. One of the three. <laughs> 
He's very morally ambiguous. He will cut anyone in his way to get ahead. He's career-driven, he's status-driven, and he's good-looking. I think these are all things that Lucy values. Wow, I think that's a really good comparison. Yeah. Mine is um, Lucy should have ended up with Ryan Reynolds' character from Just Friends, Chris Brander. Oh, when he was when he was like a successful asshole, right before he gets good. Yes, B- before, before he... he becomes like nice self from high school. Before he goes back to his hometown. Yes. Yeah, yo, I totally get that. Right. I have a uh, a second little like point five. Andy Circus. <laughs> I feel like he really got pigeonholed into the, hey, you're a weird guy. You do weird stuff. Can you be the creepy golem character? Can you be the... Did you know he did the motion capture for the the main ape in Planet of the Apes? Yes, I did know that. But like him as the eccentric boss in this movie, who's like way too intense, I loved him. And my what should have been is that Andy Serkis should have gotten more of these roles. Like I'm picturing him as the the like New York Times editor in Hitch. You know, Ava Mendez boss. Oh, yeah. He could play that role really, really well. Or like an owner of the design company in mm-hmm. uh, that awkward moment. Like a, a, a guy version of Devil's Wear Pro- the Devil Wears Prada. 100%. Yeah. Give me some of those mm-hmm. roles for Andy Serkis. He doesn't always need to be the bad guy who's like weird and crazy. Like you you can make him the the male Meryl Streep. Yeah. 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 Kind of like the out there, but the boss. Yeah, yeah. I like it. I loved him in this. There's Factor. Wow, okay, so we have um, well, Mark I just, Ruffalo. What yeah, do you got? I got 9.7. A 9.7? Shut up. He's not that good looking. Well, I think he is. I don't see what you... How can you give Mark Ruffalo a 9.7 okay. and ignore Kevin Bacon as David Linhagen? Stop right now. That is nowhere even close. Are you kidding me? They're not on the same planet. Oh They're on different God, planets. We're going to fight over this. Oh, my God. The fact that you think that... No, I'm sorry. No. <sighs> Okay. No. Rewatchability. I have a 9.8. Oh my God, that's I high. I love this movie. I'm, it is so good. I gave it an 8.6. Wow, who are you? I know, just because I most of the time I don't get through the full movie because the thriller scene is so cringy. It's so uncomfortable. Okay, so I don't find it that uncomfortable. Right, and I think that's the difference. Yeah. Like you, you really enjoy it. I mean, yes, dance scenes for me in general, unless it's going to be really good. I get I get uncomfortable. There can only be a few dance scenes. Like you can't have like I don't want it to be like a dance movie. Like listen, if you have Adam Devine and Rebel Wilson, two great singers who can dance, hey, have a freaking dance like throw the dance scene in. Why you just not? you just felt the uncomfortableness. I in felt that. Mark <laughs> you know what? The fact that Mark Ruffalo was uncomfortable with that scene, I get it, because I'm uncomfortable watching him doing that scene. Aw. <laughs> so yeah, I'll, I'll give it an eight point six. He was pretty good. Oh he he was, he was fine. I have to say he was better than me. <laughs> good job, Mark Ruffalo. <laughs> And this has been the Rom-Com Rewind of 13 Going on 30. Um, If you are listening to us on Apple Podcasts, please subscribe on Spotify. Give us a follow. And as well, follow us on Instagram, at Rom-Com Rewind, if you have Instagram, because uh, we love interacting with people. We love uh, when you suggest things, because we love to watch things. Thanks for listening.